Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. Again, thank you so much for being here this morning and for the worship and for participating in worship, and I pray that it's been an encouragement to you. We are concluding today the series that we started a about three weeks ago on Live Generous, and uh, I, I do pray that it's been an encouragement to you. If it's not been to you, it's been incredibly encouraging to me to, to have to study it and to grow in it and do those things, and uh, God has really used it in my own personal life. I, I don't believe uh, for anything within me that, that this wasn't something that, or this was something that I just conjured up and came up with. I believe that God had uh, placed this series at a specific time for Oasis Baptist Church um, in these last four weeks, and uh, uh, I just I believe that with everything in me. Today I'm going to do I'm going to kind of I'm going to wrap the whole thing together, and I'm going to do my best to bring each piece in. And some of you haven't been to every sermon, and maybe this is your first time, and you're coming in, and uh, you're you're getting into the end of a series. And I'm going to do my best to to go from the first week, the second, third, and today I'm going to try to tie it all together, and I'm going to hit on all the little points in between. And uh, I just pray that it would be an encouragement, and that we can see exactly what God is doing, and how we walk through this last uh, the sermon today. And if you, if you were with us, or if you remember, we, we started this series off with the idea of living generous, and we, we asked, or I asked this one question, what do we do with all we've been blessed with? What do we do with all that we have been blessed with? And all the way back at the beginning, I made reference to, yes, this is a, a stewardship type of a series, but living generous has nothing to do with our finances, And so when I ask the question, what do we do with all that we've been blessed with? We started the very first week with open heart. This is uh, one of those things that we would give of ourselves, that we would open ourselves up to the Lord. That each and every one of us live in such a place that we have been so incredibly blessed. You know, regardless of your spiritual state today, you live in the United States of America and you have been incredibly, incredibly blessed. Most of you in this room came here by vehicle. Most of you in this room have a house over your, or a roof over your head. Most of you, well, all of you in this room have at least one pair of clothes. Most of you have multiple. Most of us in this room physically, materially, and every other way have been incredibly blessed. And then if you start there and you go beyond one more step, most in this room would say, yes, I profess to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And when you add that to it, what in the world are we doing with the blessing that God has given to us? And so when we looked at that very first week, having an open heart, I talked about that we have the dilemma The dilemma is that we've been blessed. Then we have a decision that is fueled by a desire which should have eternity in mind and in focus. The next one was open mind the following week. Open mind that that we we talked again that our hearts would be open to God and that we we would live accordingly. But then we come to the open mind and so many times our minds play tricks on us. 
you're going well and things are good and all of a sudden now something starts running inside of your little brain. It could be at midnight, it could be in the middle of the afternoon, whenever that is, but our minds start playing tricks on us. Somebody, somebody hurts our feelings and the next thing you know it was something that you would have thought that you done killed their favorite dog. But yet you didn't even know or they didn't even know that they hurt your feelings. But because of that, now all of a sudden our minds rule. Our minds just talk and talk and talk. And inside we're going and we're going and we're going and we're going. Now I think that person hates me. They have it out for me. And inside of my mind I'm going, you know what? Well, they did this and they did this and they did this and they did this. And I'm going to make sure that everybody knows about it. They don't even know that they had hurt your feelings. Our minds play tricks on us. Our minds, we have to have an open mind. And what I talked about in a lot of that, in that series, that particular sermon was worry. And when we looked at Luke in there, it was the worrying. Worry is destructive. Worry is deceptive. Worry is disruptive. And we have to stay determined and we have to stay focused on what God's, or what God's, what God has for us. We are His sheep. He is our loving Father who finds pleasure in us being delighted. Again, we've been blessed, but what are we doing about it? Last week I spoke about having open hands. Do we live with our hands open or do we live with our hands clenched? Do we live and just walk around and everywhere we go our arms are crossed and everybody has to know about the chip that's on our shoulder and everybody has to know about who I am and everybody has to know about you. somebody's ticked off and I'm ticked off, whatever it would be. So many people live with their arms like this and we live having to prove the point of how big and bad and tough that we are so that everybody knows this is who I am and you can't change any of this. And I will intimidate you. Just watch. People come into my office. They may not sit with their arms closed, but their attitude is, I'm the one that's really in charge. And I'm here to intimidate you. We live that way. And when we live that way, we're living clenched up and we're living closed up and we're not open. Our hands are not open and we cannot do what God has called for us to do. We cannot live the Christian life. God did not design any of us to live the Christian life with our arms folded saying, whatever, prove to me. No, God called each of us to live to where we are open and giving back what God has given to us. What are we doing with how and what we've been blessed with? So last week was living with our hands open. Today, as we come in, I'm going to do my best to wrap all of these things together. And hope and pray that This would be a sermon and this would be a series that we as a church that we can use to continue to move forward and to see God do incredible things. Each and every one of us in this room have and live different lives. Each and every one of us in this room have been called to something different. 
As I look around the room, I see folks that have been retired. I see folks that are working. I see folks that that do a number of things. I see some that have been involved in ministry that haven't been involved in ministry. Some of you, I see there's law enforcement, there's military, there's office people, there's, there's janitors, there's all kinds of things across this room. But each and every one of us, regardless of what that is, we all are called to do one thing. And as we go through and as we wrap up this series this morning, that our hearts would be open, that our minds would be open. And today, the last, the, the last title of this is that we would then walk through the open door. Each one of these kind of leads into the next. And so many times we struggle, so many times we battle, so many times we have all of these different things that we face. But the reality is, Each and every one in this room have been called. If you know Christ as Savior, you've been called by God. Some of you have been called and you've accepted Christ and you serve the Lord in whatever profession that you serve the Lord in. But this morning, I believe that what we're going to get into today, if we truly take this, and we truly apply it to our lives, and, and Joel and I hadn't talked, and we haven't walked through this whole uh, sermon today, but each one of those songs just fits right in with where we're going today. But as we look at this, and as we go through this, this is so vital to every single thing that we do as a person, and I believe in everything within me, if we take these last few Uh, sermons and we take this series and truly apply it, this could drastically and radically change and transform not only your personal life, but the culture and the life of Oasis Baptist Church. We're going to be in Genesis chapter number 12 this morning. And so if you have your Bible... If you'd go with me to Genesis chapter number 12, we're going to start with just the first couple verses here. I'm going to read a few verses, we will pray, and then I will get into the points this morning. We will get through the conclusion of this sermon series. In Genesis chapter number 12, starting in verse number 1, this, the, it'll be on the, the screens as well if you do not have a Bible with you. But it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, out unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and, I will, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing." And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Father God, I come to you this morning. Lord, I believe my heart is full. I believe that you have, Lord, you have given me something that I feel with everything in me that if we take and apply these things to our lives, Lord, truly the, the change that could be made for us personally, but Lord, the church as a whole, 
God, if we would live our lives generous, if we would just walk through the doors that you place in front of us, God, what we might see, the blessing that we might be a part of. I pray today that you would speak boldly through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Just like each and every one of you and I have a call in our life, God gave Abram a call that has been given to many, and we'll get through this. But there has been many who have been called to go without knowing the exact whereabouts of where we are going. We oftentimes look through Scripture and we think, well, God's never just spoken to me and said, go. God's never just said, hey, pack up your family, bring all your stuff, and we're going to take a long journey, and I'm not going to tell you what that journey is going to look like. I don't know if anybody in this room has really actually done that, and I'm sure there may be somebody in this room that has literally said, I feel that this is where God's calling me, and I don't know what that's going to look like. I know there's people in this room, actually, because I've heard the testimony. I'm here, Pastor, but I have no idea why I'm here, and I really don't want to be here, but I know God called me, and God told me to be in Las Vegas. I know there's people in here. But as we look at this, we each of us have a different call. But when we look at all these things, God called Abraham. Abraham went blindly, but God also gave Abraham promises. God said, hey, I'm, I'm calling you to go, but here's some things. I'm going to make thee great, or a great nation. I'm going to bless thee. I'm going I'm to do these things. I'm going to make your name great. Think about it. how many people would say, man, if you, if you told me, God, if you'd have just spoke to me in my dream last night and said, I'm going to make your name great, somebody would have woke up and be like, whoo this is a good day. The United States of America lives and dwells on how great the name that we have is. That's, that's, otherwise, you wouldn't have TMZ and Entertainment Tonight and all the garbage that's on TV following every person. Headline news would not be Lamar Odom OD'd. And I don't say that in disrespect to Lamar Odom, but he's a basketball player. There's overdoses every single day, all day long in our town. Why in the world is he on the news? Why? Because you know his name. He's a professional basketball player married to some dumb Kardashian. No one really cares. And I'm, I shouldn't say dumb from the pulpit. I'm sorry. But no one really, but here's what it is. Most people, if you were to say, I'm going to make your name great, you'd, we'd all be like, Woo, what? You can make me famous? You're going to make my name great? God gave him promises. But as we go through this, and we look at this this morning, we are often asked to go. We are often off, uh, offered opportunities to be generous, to do a number of different things, to give, to go, to be. Our call is different. And so many times it's, it comes back to, but God, I'm just not quite sure about this yet. What is this? Why? Because we can't see. And so many times that is the questions. Those are the things that we come to. And this morning I'm going to ask that question one more time. We've been blessed, and what are we doing about it? The first point this morning is going to take me back one chapter in the book of Genesis, but I just entitled or gave the first point this, Our Nature. Our Nature. 
And if you go back with me, and I, I think I put these on the screen, but if you go back with me in Genesis chapter number 11, you may know the story. Most of you probably, if you don't know it, you've heard of it. But the Tower of Babel. And in Genesis chapter 11, just read with me here for a minute. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them throughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name. We just talked about that, right? Let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built or had builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to, to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build a city. Therefore, it is, is, therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. I come to this, and as I was studying, I, I was going through, and I was thinking of exactly what we would do, and I was praying through, and I'm going through, and I'm looking at Genesis chapter 12, and, and going through all these things, and, and here's what, what I came to. This is really each and every one of us. If you go through this, it says, let us, let us, let us. Hey, we're going to do this, all of us, we're going to get together, and we are going to do this thing, and we are going to build us a great city, and we are going to get to go to heaven, and look how awesome that we are going to be. That's all of our lives from the time that we were born until the time that we will go. Our human nature is, we are going to, I am going to, I am going to, I am going to have a great name, and I am going to do this, and we are going to be, and we are going to have an awesome church, and we are going to, 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 and it's all us. Our nature is me. We come here. The focus that they had in doing so was nothing of getting to God. It was look how great that we can do it. Our nature fights against you and I so badly to be and live how God has called us to be and live. My nature does not say, Aaron, open your hands and live generous and be a blessing to somebody. My nature says, this is my bubble, do not get in it. My nature says, like the guy's shirt on the, in the gym that I saw the other day, self-made. I want to ask him, did you have parents? Did you have a teacher that taught you to read? Did anybody teach you to eat? You, none of us are self-made, but the t-shirt says self-made. No, none of us are self-made. That's our nature, though, is that we are self-made. This series goes completely contradictory to everything within us as a people. 
Because I am challenging you. God's Word is challenging us to live a generous life and everything within us is the Tower of Babel. Look what we are about to build because I am awesome! That's our nature. That is our nature. And so when you hear a pastor say, hey, we got to live generous, why do you get ticked off when I say, you got to give? Why? Because my nature is, it's mine. I've earned this. I've worked hard for this. Don't touch it. Every pastor just wants my money. Why do people get freaked out when a pastor says money? Because our nature. Why when I said live generous at the beginning of this series, everybody just kind of... The facial expressions, I wish I could show you all some of your facial expressions while I speak, especially when I say something that's kind of like, not, like when I said dumb, half of your facial expressions were like, like you know, when you're a kid, when you say something to your kid, dad, don't say that. That was water dripping, that was interesting. But we live our lives like this. It's not my nature to give. It's not my nature to be generous. And so as I start this series, or as I start tonight or today, I wanted to bring out this passage of Scripture before I get to the next point, which is God's call. As we look at, or I think I put it differently on the screen, but as we look at this God's call here, in Abram's life, we look at and we see a number of different things. Because here's one of the things that just struck me, and I'm probably going to get ahead of myself. But as we get into chapter 12, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make thee, and I when it goes through this. Here's something that just struck me, And maybe I'm just a little bit slow, but here's what struck me. We so often look at so many biblical characters, men and women throughout the Bible, who have done incredible things, and we'd go, wow! Here's what just struck me. Abraham was not a believer of God. He was not a believer of God at this point. It says to leave your father's house. Let's go to Joshua. I think it's on the screen. Joshua 24. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus said the Lord of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. God took Abraham. Hey, if you know Christ is your Savior, you were once an Abraham. A follower of idols. A worshiper of false gods. A worshiper of self. A worshiper of whatever that would be. But you were not a believer at one time. And God took Abraham, a non-believer, and said, Hey, I'm going to do something great with you. I may be a little slow, But that struck me this week. 
that Abraham, when God said, pack up your family and go, was not a believer in God. He was of idol worship with his, his father. Here's what strikes me. If we go to John chapter 15, I believe it is, Jesus says this, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. As we look at our call, as we look at what God is doing, as we look at all of these things, our nature is anti-everything that we're talking about right now. But there's one thing that comes in and changes, is that God comes in and chooses you and I. God comes in and God steps in and God calls each and every one of us and each and every one of the world that's ever lived who is a follower of Him. Why would God call you and I? Why would He bless us in the manner that He has? What is it that we have? You want to get humbled real quick? What is it that we have? Nothing. I have nothing to offer God. When we really get down to it, I have nothing. God, why would you choose me? What am I? I'm a sinner from a small town in Hartville, Ohio. From a middle class family with a mom and dad who just worked hard and did the best they could to raise three kids. I'm nobody. Who was Abraham? He was the son of an idol worshiping family who worshiped all the gods just like everybody else in the country in which he lived. He was nobody. What is it that we had to offer? Really nothing. But God has chosen. God Himself chose you. He chose me to do something for Him. To be a blessing. He has blessed you and I, though we don't deserve it. Though we really don't have. How much can I have to offer God when God said, when God said let there be light and there was light? What can I do? When God said... Hey, we're just going to separate the waters and the, the day and the night. We're going to just separate those. Let's just do that. Hey, let's have it done, and it's done. What am I going to do? I can't even tell my kids to sit, and they sit. But God said, let there be light, and there was light. we got to put things in perspective. Our nature says, I am amazing. When we put it in perspective of God, I am nothing. But as we continue to go on here, God has given us a call. Let me ask you, have you answered God's call? See, God sent His only begotten Son for the remission of sin. Jesus lived 33 sinless years and then took a punishment. He took a beating That He might honor and bring glory to His Father. And in doing that, He made a way for you and for me to come to Him and be made whole. Have you ever answered the call? 
Many people will say, I'm just a good person. Pastor, I've done so many things, but yet oftentimes they sit dying inside wondering what's the next thing that I must do to be better. Today, God's just calling. God's knocking on your heart. God's doing whatever that is. And I'm asking you this morning, have you ever answered that call? What did God call you out of? What did God call you out of? For me, I used to be I used to wish I had a really cool testimony. If you've grown up in a Christian home and you've kind of been a good kid and you've never just experienced the wild side of life, I always used to wish, I wish I had a cool testimony. I wish my testimony was that I was just full of drugs and full of alcohol and sex and parties and that was my testimony and God just radically changed me. I honestly used to think if I had a testimony like that, God could use me. Here's the reality. That's not my testimony. That is not my story. And I praise God every day today that that is not a part of my story. Because I know many people who have been and who continually battle that fight every single day. But what has He called you from? What has He called you out of? He didn't call me out of what we would say bad and gross sin. No, but what He called me out of was sin. Period. Whether you came from a great home like mine or you had a bad upbringing, whether you came from drugs or you grew up in church all your life, you came from sin. Why did God call you out of that today? For what purpose did God call you? What is it? He called us that we might be in Him. He called us that we might walk in Him. And if we go through, and I've got so much stuff, and I'm not going to go through everything for the sake of time, but if we go through all of the different passages of Scripture, there's so many that say something of the regards of being in Him. Galatians chapter number 3. I am going to go through it. You know what? I don't care. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have been put or have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all in or all one in Christ. Everything, if you know Christ, we're in him. He called us out that we might be in him. First Peter 5 14. You're gonna have to fly with me. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. The next one is Philippians 1 and verse number 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1 is the same thing. To them which are in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.3, the same exact thing again. Hid with Christ in God. He called us out so that we could be in, that we could be clothed in His righteousness. In Him. The call is simple. That we would just be with and in Him. 
He's the one who's going to change the heart. He's the one who's going to do the work. He's the one. But we have to say, yes, God, I accept the call. I accept. I am willing to go. I am willing to do these things. When Jesus Christ said in John chapter 19, it is finished. He wasn't saying that his earth on life was finished. Or his life on earth was finished. But what he was saying was that God's plan to redeem the world was done. God, I came. Jesus hanging on the cross. Father, it is finished. I've came. I've done what you called me to do. I served. I worked. I did all those things. I accepted that beating. I've taken it. Here it is. It is finished. God, all the sins of mankind for all eternity, it is finished. The work that you've called me to do is finished. He was stating that he had successfully paid in full for every act of rebellion, past, present, and future. It is finished. To be in Christ is that we have accepted his sacrifice as payment for our own. It is, it is really kind of... We've kind of put on him. He's clothed us. He's kind of, he's covered us. We are now in him. As I go to this next point, we've been blessed. What again, what are we doing about it? I have two quick points and I'm done. Our next one is our obedience. We recognize that our nature, what it is. We come to a place where we, we sense and understand that God has chosen us. God is calling us to be in him. Now the next step is that we would follow in obedience. Abraham did such that God called him. He, he laid it out in verses 1, 2, and 3, and then in verse number 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. He accepted that call. He followed that call, and he put his faith, and he put his trust into Christ. We are called to follow We are called to give of ourselves. We are called to to that salvation. God desires to use each and every one of us a little bit different. The call that you have and the call that I have may be different. But yet it's the same. See, the initial call was that I would follow Him in obedience and salvation. And then from there that I would follow him in obedience and as he opens doors that I would follow that. For me in my life the call was when I was 17, 18 years old that I said, yes Lord, I will follow you in obedience and I will follow you in full time service in whatever capacity that that was. And when I was 20 years old I thought that that meant that I was going to be a youth pastor until I was 800 and I died. I found out later that that was not what that meant. But the call for me in the last three years is that I would have been the senior pastor of Oasis Baptist Church. And I've tried to walk and I've tried to follow and as the door is open, I've tried to walk through that door. Have I done it perfect? No. Have I done it in the the manner that I wish I would do it all the time? No. But I've tried to be obedient in the call that God has for my life. And as you look at your life, your life is different. 
As I go from one side of the room to the other side of the room, I see employees that work for the government. I see employees that are school teachers. I see people that work for different areas of life. And the call that you have is different than my call, but it's still the same. It's that we would follow in obedience to Him. And as God saved your life, that you would take that to the call at the office where you stand. See, God called Abraham out of sin. God called Abraham from not knowing him, and he said, hey, follow me. Go leave your family and go. Abraham said, okay, I can do that. I I can go. I have no idea what that means, but I'm, I'm willing to go. For you and I, our obedience may be different But would we choose to obey? This entire series, if you've not heard anything from the last three weeks, or if this is your first time being here and you've not heard anything I say, these last two points are really the key to this entire series of living generous. That we would be obedient. That the salvation that we have said, that we accepted, that the salvation that some of you are, that we said when I raised my hand and I said the prayer or whatever it was that you did when you came to know Christ as Savior, whatever that was for you, our call is still the same. Yes, God, I am a sinner. Yes, God, I need a Savior. Yes, God, and that Savior is you. You are the only way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I understand that. I accept that. And God, today I give you that. At that point, the call of ours was salvation. From then on, it's simple obedience every single day of our lives in whatever the capacity might be. And that part is today and for the last four weeks that we would live generously that we would give of ourselves that we would serve others that we would open our hands and that we would say God whatever you have for me I am here and I am ready it's not always easy but that's what God has called for us to do for some today Living generous is next to impossible because the, the simple call on our life of salvation has never been accepted. We've never came to a place where we've said, yes, God, I need a Savior. Yes, God, I know I'm a sinner. Yes, God, I need that. And so walking and living generous by giving of ourselves is next to impossible because you've not taken the first step. And everything thereafter is just about me and how good I can be. For others of you in this room, you cannot live generously. You cannot do the things that God has called you to do because the person that sits in the aisle across from you, you can't stand. That's a problem. Here, let's call it what it is. If you sit in this room and there's somebody across the aisle that you can't stand, it's sin and it's wrong and it's destroying the church. It's a problem. It needs dealt with. We can't live generously because we can't do the basic steps of obedience. If you've got sin in your home, you can't live generously because it's the basic steps of obedience. We can't do it. But yet we're saying, God, I love you and I want to worship you. I don't want to give you any of this. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So for some of us in the room today, 
the obedience. Hey, I've accepted salvation. I've accepted the initial call. Hey, and I love everybody at my work, but I can't stand half the people in my church. That's a problem. That's an issue. Hey, I love to tell people about Jesus, but I ain't getting any of this over here right in my life. That's an issue. Hey, we want to do something. The basic steps of obedience, of living generous, is that we would get those things right. It's hard. Because when I have problems with somebody, I would rather talk to this person over here than talk to the person that needs to be talked to and get right with it. That's what I would rather do. Hey, I I would rather not deal with what I know I shouldn't listen to and watch. But I'm going to church, so it's okay. I would rather not do some of the things that I know I should do because this stuff over here is easier to rush it under the rug. And that's what we like to do. I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself. It's a sin problem. It goes back to the first one. It's what? Our nature. But hey, church, the call on each of us is salvation to start with, but then it's obedience. And that's where it starts. It's obedience. My last point is our action. We must take this and we do something about it. If we grasp all of these things, I believe with everything in me, We can live, we can be, we can do what God has called us to do by just simple steps. Here's what I want to hit on, and I am done. In verse number 2 of chapter number 12, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And it says this, And thou shalt be a blessing. Hey, here's the conclusion to this whole entire series. Here's the conclusion. Here's the answer to the question that's been asked multiple times today and throughout this series. We've been blessed. What are you doing about it? God's word says in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 2, or 12, verse number 2, then you shall be a blessing. God called Abraham to salvation. Abraham said, yes, and I'm going to walk, and I'm going to do these things, and my family's going to come alongside. And there wasn't perfection. If you follow the story of Abraham, he didn't make every decision right. There was a lot of sin and a lot of bad decisions, but there was also a lot of altars that were built. (laughs) But here's my point. Where did Jesus come from? From the line of Abraham. Where does salvation come from? From Jesus shedding a blood on a cross and paying that for the remission of sin. Which all of that, granted, God is God and He could have done anything that He wanted, but He chose to use Abraham to be obedient. And He said through that lineage, all of that would line up to Jesus, Jesus shedding of blood that would lead us to us knowing and coming to salvation. Why? So that others could be blessed. Listen. 
My Bible is shut. I think that means I'm almost done. What is that to you and I? Why in the world would God bless us? What is it that I have? Well, really nothing. We talked about that. But yet God said, no. Aaron, I love you enough. I'm going to give you my son that you would accept the call to salvation and that you would become obedient to me and that you would walk with me and you would be in Christ throughout your life and you would live a generous life. Why? So that you could be a blessing to other people. That you could share the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people. So that you could live in such a manner that other people would know what? That He is the King of Kings and He is the Lord of Lords and that He is the I Am. That He is the only Almighty. That He is the Holy One. That He is the Righteous One. Why did God save a soul like Aaron Flanagan? So that I could walk and so that I could talk and so that I could do what God has called me to do not for Aaron's glory but for the glory of Jesus Christ why did he send his son to die on a cross not for Jesus's glory but for the glory and the honor of his father why did he call you why did he call Abraham that we would be a blessing that we would give back to somebody that we would live generous again it's not about your finances God doesn't need a penny from you he just wants you and when he has you guess what you're going to live generously You want a church that's going to be radically transforming the culture that's around you? Is that what you want? I do. Hey, here's what it takes. Accepting the call of salvation. Walking in obedience. Following after God and the action of all of those things is that we would live with an open hand and then when God provides the open door, we will walk through the open door and what that open door looks like for you, I have no idea. What it looks like for me, to be honest, I have no idea. But if I walk around with my hands clenched and I don't have open hands and I'm not willing to open my heart and say, God, whatever it is that's in front of me, I'm willing to walk through it, then here's what it is. The blessing is not what God is called for. The the outpour is not what is, that's not what he's after. He wants to just give abundantly, but it takes the obedience. It takes the things that we have to do to get to that place. Church, I'm not, I'm not saying we do all of these things. One, none of us can because none of us are perfect. But I'm not saying as we are become obedient that God's going to give us 10,000 people. I'm not saying when we become obedient, God's going to make each of us a millionaire. I'm not saying any of those things. But here's what I am saying. You follow the call of God in your life First with salvation, and then within obedience, and you live. God, my heart is open to you. God, my mind, I'm praying that you would just open my mind to you, and that I would live faithful, and I would trust you. And God, that my hands are open wherever you call me, I am willing to go. And God, as that door opens, it may be the call of my life is, Aaron, take your family and go, and I will show you. But God, whatever that is, I'm willing to walk through that door. That church is living a generous life. 
that church is, if we take these things, I believe that as we act those things out and that we put those things into action, do you want to see some kind of fruit within the walls of this building? It's going to take all of that. You want to see that people are coming to know Christ? It's going to take that. Not because you, your pastor is paid by the church, because you as the people are walking and living and sharing and telling and going and doing. Not because your pastor is the greatest or this or that or the other or the worst of any of those things. No, it's all that we work together for the cause of Christ. And that we have made one goal and one focus, and that is Him, and to bring glory and honor to Him and nothing else. As we do that, you will live generously. As you do that, you will walk through the doors. As you do that, people will come to know Christ. People will be discipled. Lives will be transformed. That's the call for each and every one of us in this room today. That's the idea, that is the thought of living generous. That God blessed you, that you would then be a blessing and pour out to other people. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.